My name is Rochelle Solomon. Hi, my name is Zara Hoffer. My name is Maria. Hello, my name is Nicole Pinto. My name is Amanda Waters. Let me introduce myself. I'm Yao, okay? My full name is Yao Pahoi Sangwan. Well, hi, my name is Jana Moss. My name is Patty Hung. And I am Sheree Louise Turner. And together, we're nine women from around the world who share one goal to run the 2021 Boston Marathon, which takes place this year on October 11th. This is Strides Forward, where we feature stories of women runners. This is episode four of our Roads to Boston 2021 series, which is following the journeys of us nine runners to the 125th Boston Marathon. Whether Boston is in your future or your running interests take a different shape, Join us to energize your own aspirations of reaching big goals. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes beginning with the trailer, I, of course, would love it if you did. It'll give you greater context and a more complete picture of the series as a whole. However, if you'd prefer to jump in here, that's fine too. To know, because every running journey starts with the first step, we started this series by sharing how all of us got started running in the first place. And now, over the course of a few episodes, we're discovering why each one of us turned an interest in running into a marathon pursuit, and how this simple act of putting one foot in front of the other has become an important and transformative part of our lives. In the previous two episodes, we discovered first what drove Amanda and Patty to run marathons, and then what motivated Maria, Rochelle, Zara, and Jana. And in this episode, we'll catch you up with why Nicole, Yao, and me, Cherie, also chose this path. While we all share a common interest, and this year we share a very big common goal of running the Boston Marathon— our reasons and how we got here are all unique. Let's see how. Nicole Pinto is a cardiovascular perfusionist who lives in Los Angeles, California. Nicole had been a standout high school track runner, but she had never really enjoyed running. That is, until she decided to do some team building at work and chose a 5K as the goal that she and her coworkers could do together. With that 5K, I was like, all right, you know, that was pretty good. And if I actually knew what I was doing as far as training, I could probably run a little bit faster, you know. And so I signed up that same year. I signed up for two more 5Ks and a 10K and a half marathon. So at this point, it became fun and a new route and a new experience and, you know, working towards something, you know, I'm very, very much a Capricorn, very type A, very structured, you know, having something to work towards was very motivating and surprising myself a lot of times was pretty exciting too. And, you know, from that, it was like, well, I mean, if I could do these distances, why not see if I could do a marathon? So by the end of that year, which was 2014, I decided uh, I'll sign up for the New York City Marathon. I knew that the odds of getting in were 
So I figured I would leave it to fate. And, you know, if it was meant to be, then I would run a marathon. And if not, oh, good, I don't have to train for a marathon. And I was okay with either decision. And my now husband, I met him right when I got into running. And uh, he promised me that if I did get into New York City, considering the odds, that he would train with me for New York. And I'll never forget sitting on the couch. I want to say it was February of 2015. um, And he was sitting next to me and the little icon popped up. Congratulations, you know, and I was like, oh, my God. And he just looked at me and he was like, what? And I was like, well, we're training for a marathon. I was so excited about that, surprisingly. And, you know, I felt like, how cool is it going to be to tell people I'm training for a marathon, like a real marathon, 26.2 miles. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I I just thought it was going to be an awesome experience, you know, to run this distance. And so that's kind of where it began with New York City. The marathon was very exciting for the first 16 miles. Uh, and I just remember... I want to say it was First Avenue, somewhere around mile 16, where it's just like tons of people. We want to show you where we're standing right now. We are under the Queensborough Bridge around mile marker 16. Marathoners have just finished scaling a very challenging and quiet hill, and they are being greeted with a cacophony of people screaming, waving, banging noisemakers. I was like skipping and waving my hands and... Once I passed all of that, I realized that I exerted an excessive amount of energy and I still had 10 miles to go. So I, uh, I was pretty tired. Um, I definitely did not fuel like I should have. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, but by the time I crossed the finish line, I was happy and excited and, you know, I said, that's it. I've done all the distances. I don't need to run another marathon. I will not run another marathon. Never again. That was it. And then I signed up for Chicago the next year. (laughs) And it's just, it's just something about, you know, in the moment, the pain is very present in your mind. And, you know, the challenge that you just went through and just all of those moments when you question, you know, can I do this? I'm over it. I don't want to do it anymore. And then a day or two later, it's like, okay, well, I'm fine now. And it was hard, but I didn't die out there. And I still think I can do better. You know, now I know what to expect. So let's do another one. And uh, that's what I did the next year. (laughs) I think that the fact that I did it and, you know, for my circle, It was one of those things like, wow, you ran a marathon, you know, and it's like, yeah, I did, you know, and I think I could do better. Um, It's just that competitive nature of not fully being satisfied with the outcome. I did it. I crossed the finish line and that was great, but I walked and I felt miserable and I learned towards the end of my training that I had been should have been doing other things that I hadn't done in preparation for the race. So it was more of, okay, let's do this the right way. You know, let's learn from this experience and 
have a better experience by fueling appropriately, training properly. And the other thing I will say about my first two marathons is that I ran alone. And so I learned later that having a training group or partners is night and day difference for me anyway. I know a lot of people like to run alone, but there's nothing like just killing miles and time with someone else and having good conversations, which I did not think was possible at the time while running. And, you know, it just goes by so much quicker and you're not focused on, oh, I still have this much further to go. It's just you find new routes and you chat. So uh, later I found that that was what made all the difference for me. You know, I was very intimidated to run with others because I didn't feel like I was going to be quick enough. And I thought it would be really annoying if people were asking me questions while I was running because running's hard enough as it is. Then I also thought, you know, maybe I should get a coach and run with others who are also training, you know, because I can relate more with them. They have a goal. I have a goal. Maybe I can find someone to run with who has a similar time goal and we can, you know, push each other. And so ultimately, that's what I ended up doing for the third marathon, which was in Berlin. And I ran into another girl and her and I became really great friends. I mean, she was like, oh yeah, I'm running Berlin. And I was like, what? So am I. And we had very similar goals. And, you know, that was the very first time that I had someone to run miles with. And I didn't feel like I was running too slow or too fast. And it just felt natural. And we had a lot in common. And from that alone, I think my training improved significantly my time dropped by about 31 minutes in 11 months. And yeah, I attribute that 100% to the coaching and to having people to run with and learning from others who had more marathon experience, you know, how to properly prepare for these races, um, which I was oblivious to a lot of those things, you know, there's definitely a science behind it. And uh, yeah, I'm super grateful. Yao Haising Wan is a singing teacher from Bangkok, Thailand. An athlete most her life, she started running when her brother-in-law invited her to join him because he was looking to lose some weight. She soon discovered that this was a sport she really enjoyed. Something to remember here is that the marathon is 26.2 miles, which translates to 42.2 kilometers. All right, now on to Yao. After I won my first trophy, I think that I enjoy long run more than short running. You know, I saw I saw many runners that how amazing they can do 42 kilometers. And I'm curious. I want to reach to that limit, you know. So I, I set a goal for myself that, okay, I give myself six months to prepare for my first marathon. And let's see how how can I complete it. I set my goal for five hours, my first marathon. I start to train, you know, in July 2016 to run in 2017. I remember very well. And I almost reached my goal. 
I finish in five hours, ten second. <laughs> oh, I felt I felt released, re- relieved and released. <laughs> no, you know, like oh my god, I I did it. I I can do that. I so I'm so proud of myself. And I said, mm, I have to do it again <laughs> and make better time. I, I am sure many runners think like me, you know. <laughs> uh, I think you know, first time uh, we start from zero knowledge. You know, you don't have any knowledge about that at all. But after that marathon, I think if I prepare myself better than than this, now I know what I will feel after 10k, after 20, 20 or 30k. That people said you will hit the wall after the 30k. I think it's quite true, more or less. It's quite true. You you start to feel, you know, the cramps or the feeling. Like, oh, what the hell am I doing here? Why why I just lay down and sleep at home? Why why have to be here? And I wanna test myself again if I you know prepare myself better with the experience of my first marathon. I think I will. Make it better. Since I do marathon, you know, I have to focus on, you know, long run. It's like I meditated or I focus something for a long time. So in my in my life, you know, when I have problem or something like that, I I think it is kind of help me to focus and not to be that panic like like before. Like like running marathon, you tired and then it will be gone. Then. Uh, in real life, you know, oh, it's only a small problem. Marathon is longer than this, you know, three hours. Why you cannot get over it? So I, I kind of cut all the problem, uh, cut loose, uh, easier than before. I let go. I think oh, it's marathon is harder than this. I always talk to myself like that. Oh yeah, people often ask me. Why you have energy to run every day? You know, I feel I'm the kind of girl who full of energy for the rest of my life. I always active, and running is a good way to get me, you know, use that energy in a positive way. When I wake up and I feel like, oh, I have something that waiting for me to do. I feel exciting to go uh, run today. The program, uh, the coach give me this and that and that. And I feel like okay, if I can do this today, I feel proud, and I, yeah, I I feel like healthier and more confident about about my body. Since I become a runner, people approach me through my Facebook and my Instagram. Some friends become friends in life, you know. But through running, is amazing. You see, run running is like connect. The people who have the same passion. When we talk about running, no matter where they are, we always have the same thing to talk. <laughs> like how you train, how many days you train, what did you eat, how many, <laughs> you know, is is the same thing. Oh, we go to bed early and wake up or uh, and go to run in the morning. We have the same routine. We have the same interest, and it's easy to. To be friend with, and then we start to be friend for real. I feel wow, it's amazing. You know the people who follow me on uh, Facebook, they want to know me for real, and they and they run with me, become my pacer, become my buddy, 
and then we go out to eat together and coffee. I feel like oh, running is very, very, very good sport. That make me have more friends who have the same interests. Some people say hi to me. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, they call me Kru Yao. You know, Kru Yao like sensei. You know, teacher because I'm singing teacher who run. Kru Yao, Kru Yao, hey hey hey. In the race, Kru Yao, su su like fight fight fight. I don't know who they are. <laughs> But you know, it's it's a nice feeling that people uh cheer me, support me from uh by my running performance. And I am Cherie here to round out the stories about why we run and why marathons. My marathon journey started sometime back in the early 2000s when I was living in Lake Tahoe in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California. I'd been assigned a story to write about local ultra runners, and one of the women I interviewed, Diana, invited me out for a run. That run was followed by many, many, many more, and we became great friends. She made running these long distances feel approachable, and soon enough, I found myself training for the Big Sur Marathon on the Northern California coast. Back then, I was completely clueless about training for running or training for an event that would last over three hours. And I was so nervous going into my first marathon. I decided to run 26 miles on my own the week before the marathon. I basically did the event before the event, and let me tell you, it was a terrible idea. I felt horrible the day of the marathon, and I've never done that again. I've since run in events as short as a mile and as long as 50 miles, and over that time, I've run somewhere in the realm of about a dozen marathons on the trails. And on the road, and I'd say there are probably two reasons I run these longer distances. First is because marathons are the big fun events, especially Boston. I've also run the Edmonton Marathon multiple times because I have a lot of family up there. And to be fair, they were my husband's family first, but now they're mine too. And it's really incredible to have all that cheering and support along the route. The other reason I run marathons is because they're really, really hard. There is no showing up to the start line of a marathon without some very dedicated preparation, and there's always, always something you could improve or something that you have to adapt to in your preparation and on race day. For me, the mental aspect of these long efforts is particularly fascinating, and it has a tremendous benefit to my everyday life. I learn about patience, mental endurance, focus, the practice of switching negative self-talk to empowering self-talk, and it just goes on. I take these lessons that I learn in training and racing into my everyday life all the time. I'm Always calling on those abilities, especially in trying times like we've been experiencing with COVID. And I'll make it clear that I'm probably much better naturally suited to do much shorter events. I love short, fast efforts. It's where I excelled when I was a bike racer. I love nothing more than going all out 100%, but not for very long. But it's the mental challenge of these endurance events that keeps me so. 
totally interested. And getting to do something like Boston, yeah, going back to this whole thing about the events being great, I mean, it really is something special. My one and only time running Boston was back in 2018. And for those of you who follow this event, that was the year that Des Linden won, and it was the storm year. The rain continues to come down, and now the drought is over. An American woman wins Boston for the first time in more than 30 years. It rained, it was windy, it was cold. And I will tell you, it was completely amazing. I truly cherished every single mile. And I've been told that there weren't nearly as many fans out there that day, but all the fans who did come out and who stood out in that terrible weather to make it such a special day, I mean, I remember it so clearly, and I was so thankful for them being out there. And I remember from the end of the race, and I kid you not, I remember thinking, I just don't want this to end. I have vivid mental pictures of coming into that final mile and seeing that Sitco sign. I mean, it still gets me emotional today. And then getting to be one of those people who gets to make that final turn onto Boylston Street and get down that long straightaway. And even with that weather, it was lined with huge cheering crowds all the way to the finish. Getting to experience that, it was awesome. So awesome, in fact, that I cannot wait to do it again. And there you have it. Why Yao, Nicole, and me, Cherie, all value the place that running long distances has in our lives. Please tune in for our next episode where we're going to check in with how preparations for this year's Boston Marathon are coming along. And in upcoming episodes, we'll share how we all got into this year's Boston Marathon and shed some light on what that process is like, because it's different for everybody. We'll also get some more real-time insights into what's keeping everyone refreshed, as well as highlights from the great running experiences all of us athletes are having as we train for Boston 2021. There's a lot that goes into attaining big goals, and we're going to get into as much as possible to inspire your own journeys by sharing as much as we can of ours. No two people get to the same goal in the same way, and seeing it from the many perspectives of us nine runners makes that clear. Please join us as the journey continues. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode, and tell a friend. And of course, thank you for listening. We love telling these stories, but we couldn't do it without you. Your being here and sharing strides forward with others is what keeps us going. We also couldn't do this series without our incredible featured runners. A big thank you to Patty, Amanda, Rochelle, Zara, Maria, Nicole, Jana, and Yao. We also want to give a special thank you to the Boston Athletic Association for their help in this series, especially Chris Lotzbaum. The Strides Forward team includes me, Cherie Turner, your host and producer. Cormac O'Regan creates all the original music and does the sound design. And he does it from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all the design work for the show, including the website, merch, logo, and social media. She comes to you from Truckee, California, and you can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. 
Please join us for the next step along these Boston journeys. Until then, this is Cherie wishing you many joyful strides forward. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.